Welcome to another episode of uh, A Chat with Agatha. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I have a big smile on my face because I'm actually laughing at myself right now because I started recording. Well, I started talking. For the past three minutes, I was talking and then I noticed I wasn't recording. So here I am (laughs) laughing in my own faux pas and having fun with myself. Uh, Today, we're going to be continuing talking about how to take our power back. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember in the last episode, uh, I mentioned that when I was making, preparing my notes uh, for the recording, uh, for the episode on how to take your power back, I wrote so many things and once I started talking and going and getting into those things, it was just, it turned out to be so long and so many things to talk about, which is great, right, that I needed to split it into two episodes, so today is the episode number two. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Agatha Langer and I help women to restore their sense of worth and self-value. I help women to get authentic and to get to know themselves and to realize how much beauty and how much power they have inside. And I help them help them see it. I help them bring it out and utilize it and by doing so their whole life kind of falls in place because by healing ourselves we heal our relationships with others our career and our professional life just is so much better and so much juicier because we give out that frequency of empowerment and we put it into all those pieces. It's just there. It's just working for us. We just have to shift it, shift that consciousness, right, to a higher level. And so that our career, our relationships, our health also, everything kind of starts shifting and working together. Uh, and, and that's how we um, turn our life around, really. And that's what I do. That's what I help women do. So thank you again for tuning in. Um, The first thing that I have on my list here is the thing where we tend to give our power away is by living on autopilot. And this is something that probably you catch yourself doing. So it might be the end of the day and you're kind of just exhausted. Maybe you're just, um, I don't know, watching Netflix or just laying in bed trying to recoup from the day. And you're thinking, okay, you've done all those things today that are necessary, of course, maybe job, maybe the kids, and you don't even know where your place in the world is. Like, you don't even know who you are. You just kind of jump into all those roles that you have, right? And they usually mean uh, serving others or maybe taking care of the house, but it's still under the umbrella of serving others. And then it's the end of the day and then you look back, okay, the whole week kind of looked like that, which looked just like survival, being in survival mode, kind of feeling like it's the life that carries you instead of you being kind of having some kind of control over it and putting intention in it. Um, So the opposite of living on autopilot would be That's what I I call um, putting some intention into what you're doing, right? So yes, maybe your life looks like that right now. And I know I've had kids, small children too. I I still, I have three boys right now, they're older, but I do well remember how it was just trying to survive the day 
And honestly, I don't know where all that energy was coming from back then that I could handle so many things at once and do all that multitasking. But I also do know that back in those times, I was throwing myself at all those things. I was filling at all those roles as a mom, as a um, cook, well, cook, not as my job, but cooking for my family, right? Doing laundry and uh, taking care of my own business that I was growing at that time, Um, trying to be the best wife that I could be. And that's just... That's just a few that I mentioned, but I know that throwing yourself in there is just like scattering all your energy. And after a while, you're just like, you don't know who you are. Like, you don't know, like, is this how the life's supposed to look like? I'm supposed to just do all those things and jump through hoops and then, and, and then kind of forget who I am, be of service to others, which there's nothing wrong with it, right? But then when we forget about ourselves, we wake up one day and we wake up, a lot of times depressed without feeling of any kind of purpose in life and uh, <clears throat> and any kind of fulfillment and joy out of this out of this life and then we start questioning it right so the opposite of that would be being intentional being really intentional how and that's how you can start because that it learning that will not take any more time out of your day it will just take a little bit of uh, awareness and maybe a little bit of focus and a little bit of knowing what you want, which is actually a great thing to do because here's something I'll also tell you. And that's like a side note <laughs> that I will throw in here. A lot of women that I deal with are so-called people pleasers. And a lot of the symptoms of a people pleaser or one of the most common symptoms of a people pleaser will be a person who usually doesn't have their own opinion or preference on things. So let's say if um, if somebody is like, oh, where should we go for dinner if we're going out, right? You would be like, well, I don't know, whatever you choose or what movie should we, should we watch? And you're like, mm, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Or where should we... Um, go for a walk or how should we spend the day and and you you a lot of times you don't know you let other people choose right so again coming back to that intention how you want your day to look like would be a good thing to start exercising and really digging into what is it that you want and that might be hard for you because if you are a really really big people pleaser it might be a very tricky place for you to actually think, okay, what do I want? What are my needs? Because you're so busy giving your life and attention and your energy to everybody else around you that you forget about what you actually want. So how can you start being intentional in your day? Well, really from the start, from the moment you wake up, you can be very specific. How would you like this day to go? Like you probably have already in your mind what what your plan is for that day, right? But you might be, okay, I want this day to be just really flowing. I want it to be easy. And just putting that intention out there, it's almost like making an order to the universe, right? The universe listens to you, but it has to be done with faith, with faith that it will happen. And you're just kind of surrendering to the motions of it, of the day. And so you're starting from the beginning of the day, but you can also break it up in blocks. And I think it was, 
if I remember correctly, Abraham Hicks that was talking about the intentional, the uh, in, uh, putting intentions inside your blocks of the day. So by blocks, I mean the, those different chunks of time where you, like let's say this chunk of time I have a meeting with my friend and this I'm taking care of my kids and this I'm going to my part-time job or I'm meeting with other associates or whatever it is, right? Or even cooking dinner. So let's say if it's time for me to cook dinner, I might I might be like, okay, this is the my block of the day that, that I'm going to call making a meal or playing the role of a cook <laughs> for my family. And I want this to be really maybe like intuitive. I want to feel like I am an alchemist and just putting all those spices together and coming up with something really different but something something so delicious that my family is going to super enjoy it right just like put it out there that's just an example that I gave you but just just see how different it is when you actually put that intention, you, you're, you're co-creating your experience. You're not just letting the life take over and you're just like a puppet, right? Being pulled in all directions. But suddenly you're a co-creator. You're, you're just like the alchemist of your, uh, of your day and then of your week. And then you finally feel like you have some control in your hand, right? Like you have a say of how you want the life to look like or your day to look like. Okay, another thing uh, that that we tend to fall into that kind of wastes a lot of energy because it's just it's just that has that strong energetic charge is the black and white attitude toward life. It's either this or nothing. And I am I've done a lot of this in the past and a lot of this, I haven't even noticed that there was no gray area in between, which means that flexibility in between. That it didn't have to be, okay, my marriage is going to be only the happiest thing and my husband is going to be only this and only this will work. And if not, then bye-bye. Or if not, then then I'm going to have to look for other options, right? Um, and when I coach women... I'll give you an example, right? Where maybe where I'm coaching somebody and we're talking about releasing the constant need to control. And a lot of women who come uh, to me, they already know that they're trying to over control things. And why do they know? Because they know it's tiring, it's exhausting. <laughs> and they want, or maybe somebody, they partner, their partner or kids, maybe they let them know, right? Hey, hey, like mom, you need to just let me be and let me live. That might be also that too, how they know. And so I so I coach them through, you know, where, where they actually do and should have control. And and then they fall into that extreme of saying, okay, then what, I release my control and I just let my kids do whatever they want to do. I just let them choose every single activity or um, or pastime uh, or the extracurricular activity, right? And if they don't want to do it, then they just don't do it. And so, so see how it's like going from, no, I'm going to design my kid's life, right? And I'm going to, uh, to send them for swim lessons, ballet lessons and all that. And maybe they will play an instrument and they need to read the book, a book for half an hour a day. Like I'll design that and, and 
and going to the extreme of saying, well, what, I'm just going to let them choose everything? So there's no gray in between. So how I, what I suggest is choosing your priorities and just literally listening to other people and saying where they want to have a say. Because if that was you, even as a child, you would want to have a say, right? You, you would not want somebody to just take control over your life just because they called your parents. And they should know better because kids have great intuition. Um, <clears throat> so you can choose your, if something is like really, really important to you, because maybe your child doesn't see through the, uh, um, the benefits of it for the future, because kids don't. Kids are kind of short-sighted, like they just see the immediate benefit, which is how they operate. Nothing wrong with that, right? And we see a little bit more into the future. So if something is super important to you, then yes, then that's your gray area. But maybe some of the things just really need to, we need to let go of. So that I brushed over of the control, but see where else is your black or white thinking. Uh, there, is, there is another thing that comes into that black and white rigid thinking. And it's, and it's something that's called deaf programming. Um, or choosing words such as such as never or always. And I might give you an example. We're talking about cooking, right? <laughs> because I think um, a lot of people can relate to that. Um, let's say I make a meal and I'm trying to be creative, come up with something really nice, maybe follow a new recipe. And then it turns out that <laughs> my family doesn't like it, didn't enjoy it, right? And I might be like, well, you guys never like what I cook right and then again is it dramatic yeah do we do it mm -hmm. <laughs> i know i do it probably from time to time more more though in my thoughts and i and, and then i try to catch and correct correct myself that thinking but then again it's that all or nothing is that true that they never enjoy what i cook no it's it's total bs right <laughs> it's absolutely not true but then again um Using those phrases that are the ultimate, like never, always, everyone, like I can say everyone just hates me, right? Well, is it true? No, no, it's not true. But this is this is using those phrases kind of locks you up in a certain fr frequency and doesn't allow solution solutions to come. It's like that very rigid kind of boxed in approach um, that is worth a little bit and finding that flexibility and that um, that that gray area, right? That gray area um, of of thinking and of being and of functioning. Uh, what else? Oh, so my next one is how we how we can take our power away and actually again be that co-creator with the universe is by asking the right questions. And oh my gosh, this is just such a, it's been a tough lesson for me when I realized that and realizing that even knowing that information, my brain still kind of follows the same neural paths <laughs> that it's used to, the same paths of programming. And it still sometimes will ask those questions that are those, all those like those victim charged questions such as why me? why does it never work this way or why does it always have to 
come to this point where I self-sabotage myself, let's say, right? So we ask all those questions that are really very disempowering. They carry a lot of that, yes, victim energy. And as far as being a victim and having that energy, I think I know it all. Like, honestly, <laughs> there is so much uh, that I've released that I had no even clue that I was caring and doing and bringing into my reality um, just by my design, really, that was not the fault of anybody else, of my circumstances. I thought it was, right? But it wasn't. So what would be the empowering questions um, to ask? What would be the questions that would open us up for a solution instead of closing us down in that low frequency that has no answers or solutions for us? Well, the questions you might ask would be, how can I or how could I get out of the cycle of self-sabotage, for instance, right? Or what tool is there available for me that I could learn to and then fill in the blanks? That could be maybe to cook something that my family will like, right? Or even, like, let's just say the cooking to, to make it like really specific and down to earth. You could ask, instead of saying, well, they never like what I cook, like they don't appreciate my cooking, my effort. You could say, what recipes are there or tastes or spices that my family would really enjoy if I made that? And just let it be. And you'll see that you ask that question. And of course, there is that faith and belief that it will come to you. And it will come to you. And it will come to you in an intuitive hint Maybe it will come to you as your friend inviting you for some sort of cookout or barbecue or just dinner or maybe out to for lunch and you get some inspiration right there. Or maybe that's going to be a recipe that somebody will share on Facebook or a video that will fall into your hands or a cookbook. I don't know. There's just so many possibilities, right? I just wanted to give you that tangible example. But asking the question that is beyond the frequency of your problem. That is where the power comes from because that's where the solutions pop in. You can also ask a question, what else is possible here? If you're like totally running out of options and you're like, I've tried A, B, C, D, and I'm <laughs> almost through the whole alphabet, but there is that X, Y, Z that's still somewhere available, right? You might be asking, okay, what options do I have? What else is possible? And by the way, uh, you know, if you're co-creating with the universe, the universe doesn't consist of the um, A to Z kind of alphabet. It has infinite potential and infinite options for you, infinite number of solutions. We just have to start um, co coexist and cooperate and yeah, and cooperate, but just co-create, right? Become that that part of the, the part that asks those questions, the part that that intends and that makes that order, meaning like a request to the universe, so that it can come and it, it can manifest itself in our reality. Okay, so another thing that is um 
there's somewhere where we totally totally leak our power it's probably one of the biggest ones is being unaware of our of what we hold in our subconscious mind and this is something that is a huge uh, like reconstructing or reprogramming, rewiring your subconscious mind, however you want to call it, it is a huge subject. I mean, there is like hundreds and hundreds of books written on it, videos and programs. And I spend also a good amount of time in my program um, on it to show you the tools that I've learned, the most efficient ones and the, the ones that work best how to do that, how to reprogram your mind. Um, before though you start even doing it, you need to know what the heck is sitting in your subconscious mind. And that is, that is sometimes a challenge. So what I can suggest that you start with is first of all, look around because every single thing, every single thing that surrounds you and every single person that surrounds you is uh, the manifestation of your internal beliefs, of your subconscious beliefs. So if you, let's say, if you make a certain amount of money in your job or uh, you have a partner that maybe doesn't appreciate you or doesn't uh, respect you, then this is exactly the outcome or the result of your subconscious beliefs because you probably don't believe really fully that you can that you are a respectable person or that you have value of a person who should be respected just by default, right? You wouldn't even have to work for it. Um, if you make a certain amount of money, this is, again, your subconscious belief that uh, your work is, is valued at and just put the amount in the 40, 50, $100,000, whatever it is, right, that you're making. That's where your value comes in. Um, so, so first of all, like look at your surroundings and just ask yourself, what would I have to believe in order for me to see this in my reality? Because I'm seeing it, so I'm believing. So you have to kind of do that, um, <clears throat> kind of de deciphering from 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 the back end, uh, already seeing what it is, and asking, what do I need to believe? For this to manifest in my life. Um, a lot of times, even if we become really, really aware of how we speak, of how we react to other people's behavior, then again, if we ask ourselves that question, okay, what would I need to believe for me to react this way? Just to give you an example, Somebody, um, okay, well, let's just go back to that cooking. It seems like the cooking is the big deal today, and I'm not even hungry right, right now, so I don't know how, um, maybe there's some messages there for me. I need to do a little bit of digging and see where I can clean up and clear out some things, but if your family, if you see that your family is, let's say, not enjoying the meal or didn't eat as much as I you would, or maybe didn't even give you praise for, for the meal, right? And, and you see, what's your reaction? Are you a little bit frustrated? Are you maybe disappointed? And then ask yourself a question. Okay, so if I'm reacting with disappointment to this situation, then what would I, what, what is my belief system? What would I have to believe in for me to react this way to this situation? Maybe on the inside, I believe 
that I am a lousy cook. Or maybe on the inside, I believe that no matter what I do, no matter how much effort I put into cooking, nobody's going to appreciate me. If that is your faulty belief system, the limiting belief system, right? Then it will keep manifesting itself in those circumstances where your family is not going to enjoy or appreciate your meals. So it's like that back engineering, like again, looking at the result, what's going and then asking that question what is happening there and um subconscious beliefs again huge topic but just please do remember the reason why it's so big and big and deep that topic is because our subconscious mind drives 95 or more percent of our behavior of our choices of our thoughts of our patterns of behavior how we go into maybe the self-sabotage stage or maybe how we go into overeating right when we feel sad and depressed or how we go into survival mode maybe that depression and closing ourselves off from the environment because that's how we think we need to protect ourselves so again if you think of your day and that 95 percent of your day is dictated by your subconscious mind and that's a lot, right? So it's really worth looking into and kind of rewiring, cleaning up and seeing, well, that's icky. I don't want, I don't want that belief. Why would I want that belief? It, it doesn't work for me. It works against me. And then kind of think, what would I want to believe in this place? Is that an easy process? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe that is my subconscious belief that it's not an easy process because... Uh, that thought, that belief that it's not an easy process is not helping me here. So let's just say that whatever it is that you believe, and I'm going to work on my belief that rewiring your mind is fun and it's rewarding and heck it is rewarding and it definitely can be fun if we make it fun. And when we make it fun and we see the rewards, then it really becomes an easy process for us. There you go. I've just showed you a little shortcut how you can work with your subconscious mind so so you can catch those little but but see see what I did I I literally I said a sentence I I I asked myself a question is that an easy process and then I listened to half of that answer coming out and because of the self awareness I already caught it and I was like oh my gosh do I really want to believe that rewiring your mind is a hard an exhausting process and difficult so I backed it up and I talked myself through it how it doesn't have to be and this is how you can also do that and and, it, and like I said it just self-awareness is the key watch what comes of your out of your mouth watch your reactions watch your thoughts a lot of times we have all those thoughts, but we choose not to speak them. So they will never be materialized as words, right? As that word frequency. Um, because sometimes maybe we don't want to be mean or nasty or criticize. And we stop ourselves, right? So watch those thoughts and again, emotions and what comes out of your mouth. And you'll know what sits in your subconscious mind. Another thing, another way to take your power back and to release a lot of emotional pain and a lot of disappointment is rating out your expectations. 
because we talk about relationships a lot, right? And when I coach women, I, I sometimes, if it's relevant, I'll ask them, okay, give me a list of expectations that you had or you still have toward your partner. And they will start naming it. Well, he has to be a good person. He has to be a caring person. He's got to help me with dishes. He's got to spend time with the kids. He's got to be attentive. Um, he's got to be a good hugger, right? Uh, he's got to be a family person, an outdoor person. And yes, I know that we want to have a person that we think that that, that is going to bring us happiness because he's going to be all that that you have on your expectations list and he's going to act accordingly and that list of expectations a lot of times is subconscious or unconscious when you when we walk into a relationship or into a marriage like we kind of have an idea and that idea comes from what we want or don't want based on the relationship that your caregivers had usually your parents but it could be grandparents or any caregivers you had so it's either, oh yeah, I want that or I don't want that. Or that might be movies that you've seen and you're like, oh yes, I want that or I don't want that. And in the end, what's going to happen when the rubber hits the road and the relationship kind of, you know, get, you get into it deeper, you realize that, okay, he's not that and he's certainly not that and you end up being super unhappy because you had all those expectations and now you're freaking disappointed, disappointed, right? And the next step of what you're going to try doing is thinking, okay, so he didn't meet my expectations and now I'm unhappy. So in order for me to be happy, I need to fix my partner or my husband so that he meets all those expectations and I'm going to be really open with him of what I want and I'll tell him how to behave because Open conversation is the key, right? So he will change and then I'll be happy. That's the way of thinking, of reasoning, and of kind of taking logical, which what seems logical action to us. If, if his behavior or, or its lack makes me unhappy, then fixing his behavior is going to make me happy. But here's the thing, and this is, I want you really to take that in. Because this is how we really, really give our power away in any kind of relationship, even relationship that you have with life in general, where you think that outer circumstances are going to bring you happiness, fulfillment. And not only that, you think that fixing those outer circumstances the way that you want them to be is the way to make you happy and to bring you happiness. Now, here is the thing. Are outer circumstances, including your partner, something that you can really truly control? We think we do. We think that if we manipulate this or that and set some kind of rules and have chats with the person and set up like uh, relationship rules and tell, talk openly about our expectations that it's all going to fall into place because now you're creating something that is supposed to bring you happiness. Now, this is something that requires so much energy and so much control and so much managing that it has very short legs and soon will collapse. Fall and collapse and just 
it's, it's the kind of system that just doesn't work and never works. What is the sustainable way to do it is to actually release our expectations. Is to say, okay, I might have not gotten meaning a partner or a situation that I was asking for, but I've received something that I needed for me to learn my life lesson or to realize something or to come around to a to a mind shift kind of situation or to gain different approach on, on life. Because this is how it works. You either get what you expect, right? And then you're like, oh, cool, good. Or you get something that you freaking didn't, but that's something that stirred your life up really good. But that's something that you needed that kind of shook you out of your comfort zone, made you very uncomfortable, usually through um, emotions, uncomfortable emotions, right? Sometimes painful emotions. It shook you out of that state so that you can wake up and actually live from in out, not from out in. What I described to you before trying to change your circumstances is living from out in and being codependent, being relying on all that. And that's how we exactly become prisoners of our reality. Because now we're the puppet, because if reality changes, then we change how we feel. Now, if you work from this right here, from the inside out, meaning your sense of your sense of inner peace, inner value, is the sense of who you who you are, your sense of your happiness, of your joy inside, right? If it's there always, then no matter what's happening outside, yes, it can shake you a little bit here and there, but you're always able to come back to that center because it's coming from here. You're building it here. You're sustaining it right here. And in here is not something that anybody can take away from you. You carry that inside. Nobody can just grab it and be like, nope, that's not the way to be. You can't be happy like that. And you're like, oh yeah, hold my beer and you'll see. I'm going to be happy no matter what. And yes, different circumstances happen because you, you're probably like, if you're an overthinker, overanalyzer, you'll be like, okay, Agata, what if somebody dies, you know, in my family and what, I'm supposed to be happy too? Well, I'm not telling you to go to the funeral and just dance right there at somebody's grave. That's not that, right? My gosh, I just got to get this image out of my head. Um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but and definitely I'm over-exaggerating here. But trust me that the people who can find their center and who are flexible on the inside and not codependent on the situations that happen outside, they can always come back to that peace, to that stability, to that inner stability. Is life always easy for them? No, because it will shake you. It will take you on a journey. It, they, you know, you will still feel emotions. They still are going to be painful at some point, but you're not going to rely on others uh, to change or your partner to change 
so that you can feel happy. There's that meme that was, I've seen it so many times, but it's always so relevant. And um, and, and it's like a little drawing and one person says to, to another and, and they say, oh, I see that you found your happiness. How did you do it? And they said, oh, I just grew it on the inside. And I think it was like in a form of a little plant or something. But yeah, like if you grow it on the inside, you carry it with you all the time. And this is your power. This is your biggest power. To, to stand in your power means to, to know who you are, to be, be flexible and yes, open. I'm not talking about be, being like a person of steel, right? Meaning that nothing can shake you. No, it's not that. It's being flexible and being open to the experience. It is embracing the experiences of the outside, experiencing the, it's embracing the experiences that you have within your relationship what your partner gives you. Maybe it is not how you expected, but you release that expectation because you know that the expectations come from your ego self and seeing, okay, this is not what I got, but he's showing me this or that or asking again that empowering question, what else do I not know about my partner? What else can I see that is beautiful and wonderful but I that I've been blind to? How else can I make this relationship really really open and fulfilling and we can grow side like I can grow my partner can grow and we don't have to we don't have to be disappointed with each other because you, we look at each other as as sovereign individuals who have those beautiful talents and um and, and beautiful traits and yes even if they ugly traits then hey you still embrace that right you still accept that the moment that we stop accepting things and trying to reject them and push them to the side because we label them as ugly or unfa unfavorable. Um, that's the, that, that is what is, will start owning us. So owning your power, standing in your power. That starts with healing on the inside, knowing who you are, being your authentic self. And hey, when I just said that sentence, I'm like, oh my God, this is what I do to people. <laughs> I mean, for people, not to people. This is what I do for women. This is this is my magic. This is the journey that I take them on. Beautiful place to, me, to be. So how, look at this. I started with that and I kind of circled back around. How, how nice it worked when you kind of open yourself up for flow and yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, well... Thank you for listening. I hope you got some good nuggets and I hope I gave you some information that you can take home and really start working on. Um, I always say that please don't be overwhelmed. This is, I, I mean, I put a lot of information in here and what I would just suggest, take something that resonates with you right now. Take something that would be very easy for you to implement. Um, yes, we love challenges and we think that the more challenging a task is, or a change is, the better the, the rewards. And yes, it feels rewarding when we go like, oh, yes. But the thing is that a lot of times we will stop or not make any decision because we're like, okay, this is too much. This is just, will I ever, is it ever going to be done? This is so much, I don't even know where to start. 
So take just a little one piece that resonated with you and start implementing it little by little. Start watching your thoughts, writing your thoughts down. And maybe that will be just that. And hey, if you ever want to join my program, my arms are open. I launch it a couple of times a year. Um, and I will actually put a link to a waiting list because um, the doors are closed right now at this moment. But they will be opening up. And if you want to be on that list and you want to be a part of that beautiful transformation that I take women through healing themselves and their relationship, I would be honored to have you. I put all my energy in there, all my tools, all my heart in there. And I, and I just love seeing and watching women um, blossom and transform and just make those mind shifts and take their power back because that's what it's all about. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.